Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hey, folks, welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local FCA radio show here on KBXL 94.1 The Voice. I'm Ken Lewis on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho, and our guest today is Hunter Carroll. Hunter, welcome to Heart of the Athlete. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. I know we've been talking about uh, getting you on the show for for a little bit here and excited that you had time today to to join us. And uh, Hunter, I know that you uh, you were a pitcher in, in high school and college at the University of Northern Colorado, right? And then also a pitching coach over at Bishop Kelly, and we want to talk about that and uh, here in a little bit. But also, you've been involved with FCA for since you were in high school. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your involvement with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Yeah, so back in high school, my sophomore year, I had heard about FCA. Um, our baseball team actually had kind of their own little private FCA going on. And our softball coach had reached out to me and said that she wanted to get it started for all the students at the school. Um, so her and I kind of got together and started looking for some leadership, uh, other students in leadership, and then got our local SBA staff member to come by, and she helped kind of guide us on how to get that ready. Our first year was my junior year of high school. We had probably consistently 20 to 30 kids every week, and it was amazing. And I learned so much just in student leadership, like as an athlete. And then my senior year, we kind of decided to do more of like a uh, kind of voting for president, vice president, and just kind of get some organization on our leadership team. Um, So our team voted me in as the president of FCA, and so I got to help facilitate a lot of kind of of the bigger decisions. and so we started doing FCA early mornings on Friday, which was so cool because we had probably 80 to 100 kids every week that were coming. Wow. Um, yeah, it was incredible. It was, like, one of the coolest things. Most of our huddles, we just, like, would broke, it, broke out in teams. Um, and we had a leader on almost every team of women in men's sports. So it was amazing. And then going on to college, we had FCA and Athletes in Action that were kind of mixed together. Um, so then I got to be involved there. And served at the high school camp in Colorado, I think the summer of 2017, um, and changed my life. I, that's when I found a passion to start serving with high school students um, and the youth because I found how important it was. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. Wow, that's, uh, that's exciting. So that was all in the Fort Collins area. Was the camp, was that FCA camp that you went to, was that in Fort Collins as well? It was in Greeley, yeah, at okay. University of Northern Colorado. Okay cool that's great and then of course high school was down in arizona and did you did you grow up in arizona is that is that where you grew up i did yeah i spent my pretty much my whole life there i left when i was 18 wow so you were a pitcher in high school and college but let's go back a little bit how did you get involved in sports as a kid oh gosh my parents were both strong athletes growing up Um, and so they just put us in everything and when I was seven or eight, that's when I started playing softball, and that's the one that just kind of stuck, and I loved it. Wow. And what, what positions, <laughs> obviously you're a pitcher, but what other pitch, uh, positions did you enjoy? 
Um, I also played first base. I tried catcher once, and it did not last long. Um, I played third base a little bit. I actually love playing in the outfield. Um, I feel like most pitchers do because they get to feel a little bit athletic (laughs) in a different way. But, um, yeah, pitching ultimately was my favorite. But I truly loved playing everywhere else. Wow, that's great. So how long did you, were you there at, at uh, UNC and Greeley? So I was there for two years. My sophomore year, I got sick, um, was struggling with some medical issues, and decided to medically retire during the spring season. Um, and yeah, decided to move to Boise, where my family had moved, so I could be with them. Wow, that's exciting. Well, yeah. and you mentioned that camp really gave you a... Um, how the Lord just used that to give you a passion for reaching out to young people, specifically high school age. And uh, I know you work at a local church that you volunteered. And um, tell us a little bit about that. You're working with high school kids here. Yeah. So when I moved here, I decided to take a break from school and did an internship at Capitol. And through the internship, learned a little bit more about youth. And in my second year, decided to start start serving in youth. Um, And so I've been serving in our youth ministry for, I don't even know how many years, probably four or five years. Um, And so it's been cool to be able to uh, resonate with some freshmen and then watch them now going into college and getting to still have relationship with them. Um, It's been amazing. Uh, So I love serving in the youth. I love sports as well. So I think that's why I love SBA so much is I get to mix the two. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. you, I know that uh, Rob Ash is a is a friend of yours, and you you work with him and and the yeah. youth department there. And as we've been looking for more people to to come on staff here with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, specifically in Ada County, he had talked to you about that, and uh, and that can really spark your interest. And uh, so now you're in the process of coming on staff with the CA to work with high school kids in the, in the schools. What, what excites you about that in terms of the, the passion that, that God has given you and uh, with FCA here? Yeah, I am so excited. I think, one, I am excited to just practically work for the Lord, honestly. Um, I feel like I've had many jobs that uh, just don't have a faith background, um, which is still important, but um, I'm really excited to be surrounded by people who love Jesus and then also just get to go teach kids about Jesus and teach them how to serve the Lord and develop leadership skills and then hopefully take those to college and to their families and uh, their friends and siblings and all the things. I think it's so important, and I think it's sometimes missed. So I'm excited to be able to do that for students. Hmm. Well, that's exciting. We're we're excited to have you join our staff, and, and uh, I know you're in the fundraising process right now, and, and it's... Yeah. You're uh, you're going to be a missionary to high school athletes, and and that's what you're doing in terms of raising your support. And uh, what has God taught you through this fundraising process? He has taught me so much. <laughs> I feel like even just this morning, I've been learning so much. Um, so I actually, I was feeling not discouraged, but just a little intimidated by it. Um, and my husband is a financial advisor, and he was like, "We have always trust the Lord with our finances." And if this is where he has put you, then this is where he's going to provide for you. Um, and so I really feel like the Lord is teaching me, one, it's going to be within his timing. Um, he knows the exact timing. He knows the exact people. 
Um, he knows the exact number. Uh, he knows everything, and I need to fully put my trust in him. Um, and I know finances sometimes can be something that is so intimidating to just trust the Lord with, which I don't know why. He always shows up for us. But I feel like I've been growing so much in just fully putting my faith in him and even quitting my other job. I quit my other job last week, and it was like, as soon as that happened, all of a sudden, all these doors had opened up from the Lord. And I'm like, wow, it, I think that was the leap of faith that I needed to show the Lord. You know what? I do fully trust you. Um, and I'm going to give you everything that I have so that I can go do your work. Mm-hmm. Oh, that trust is so important. Well, that's exciting. I know our staff is excited about you joining us. And um, I'm excited about getting you out into some schools, too. So uh, I bet I bet you are as well. I'm so ready. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, let's go back a little bit, Hunter. Let's, um, I just want to ask you, why don't you share a little bit about your testimony, how you came to Christ, how how you surrendered to to Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yeah. Um, So I, growing up, I grew up a pretty sick kiddo. Um, I got sick when I was about eight, just with some things that no one really knew what it was. Um, so it kind of started this journey of trying to be a kid and then also dealing with this illness. Um, I also grew up Lutheran. My family went to a Lutheran church, and so our Wednesday night youth was just, it was like a confirmation, wasn't really like a kind of a youth service, it was just this light teaching. Um, so that was kind of my whole high school, what am I trying to say, like biblical experience. Um, and so through high school, junior high and high school, I had had a spinal surgery. I had a tumor in my spine removed. Um, and then my eighth grade year, my stomach perforated, uh, which basically means a little hole kind of makes its way through your stomach lining, um, which then releases a whole bunch of air and it's, it's pretty deadly. Um, and so that whole day was, it was pretty foggy. And honestly, that night that I was going to surgery, um, I had prayed and asked the Lord that he would just take me because (laughs) the pain too much, and I was too sick, and I just didn't want to do it anymore, Um, and I had woken up from my surgery in the ICU, and I remember I looked to my right because someone was holding my hand, um, and Jesus was standing there holding my hand, and it was like this overwhelming feeling of, holy smokes, like, you will always be there, and you will always have my back, and no matter what happens, Um, and at that, that was the moment that I decided that I will never lose my faith, and that I will always remember that God is alive and that he is moving, um, and that he was the one that I wanted to give everything to, and he was the only one that I trusted with my whole life. I, like, I had all these doctors who I always had to go explain everything to and pour my guts out to them, and <laughs> I just had to remind myself that God is a great physician, and he has the final say over everything. And even as I still struggle here and there with some health things, um, I still just never have lost my faith since that moment, and we'll always remember that. Wow. Uh, that's got to be some huge challenges that you faced. And I know you also mentioned, you know, you had some health issues in college. And, mm-hmm. you know, where have you, where's the Lord directed you as far as His Word in the Bible in terms of some of those tough times that you've encountered in the past? Is there any passages that He's really parked you in that really were that you just latched onto that was like, wow, I, I, this was so good. Yeah. So when I started doing interns at Capital, I think that's when I really started learning more about 
God being the ultimate healer and honestly just declaring over my life that I am healed and kind of taking that sick person mindset out of it. (laughs) And so a lot of that had to do with just making my life scripture and just daily declaring over myself, I am healed, I am whole, Jesus went to the cross for me, He loved me, and I pray the blood over me, and yeah, honestly, Second uh, Timothy 1, pretty much all of Second Timothy 1, <laughs> um, but when he says, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Hmm. Again, that whole passage is amazing, but I feel like this, it was such a reminder. I actually wrote it down, and I had it sticky noted in my car and in my wallet and everywhere to remind myself that, you know what, I'm not fearful about what could happen to me. I'm not fearful about what did happen to me. Um, God, you gave me a spirit of power and love and self-control. So, Wow. I would say that's my big one. Wow. That's powerful. You know, I you know, we get into you know, we, we hit challenges and we we talk negative to ourselves in those times, don't we? And uh, I think yeah, I think as you're it's such a great reminder to to be focused on on his word, be be focused on what Jesus has said to us through his word and to continue to, you know, able to re- recite that right and that repetition even being able to to go to him and that and that was uh i bet that was so important as f- for you as well totally well folks if you're just joining us here today on heart of the athlete i'm visiting with hunter carroll who uh uh, was involved in SCA and in, in high school down in in Arizona, as well as at uh, University of Northern Colorado there in Greeley, and now lives here in the Boise area. Um, Hunter, you um, you also got to uh, coach, do some coaching, and tell us a little bit about your coaching career here in the, in the Treasure Valley. Yeah, so when I moved here, I had met one of the club coaches in the valley. Um, honestly, because when I would come back on break from college, I would pitch to his girls so that I could get some practice. And so when he found out I had quit, he had asked me to come coach with him for club. Um, and through that, I had met Missy over at Bishop Kelly when she was the head coach. Um, and this was, gosh, I think this was 2019. It's been about, I think it's been five years. Um, and so then I got to start coaching with her at Bishop Kelly, her and Coach Rebordi. Um and it was amazing. It was, I feel like I did a lot of coaching, like actual physical coaching, but I feel like the spiritual mental side of like mentoring girls was, it overtook pretty much almost every practice. <laughs> every practice, there was someone who needed to talk about something. And um, I think that's what reminded me again of SBA was, I was like, man, this is, this is the whole point. And Misty had always said it time and time again. She was like, this is the point. Softball isn't the point. We're not here to just play the game and play the sport. She was like, the Lord is our number one priority. And the fact that we have a space, um, that we've made a space available for girls to be vulnerable and be able to open up about things, I think was more important than anything in the whole world. Hmm. That's that's really cool. Well, yeah, is you're right. You're right. There's so many opportunities with coaching to speak into the lives of our athletes and and uh, that heart behind their jersey. What what did you find as the obviously you gravitated to your calling, speaking into the lives of those athletes that you had, not just the pitchers, 
But what did you find is the, the biggest challenge in coaching today? Well, I think the biggest challenge in coaching is priorities. Honestly, I think it's super easy, even as a Christian, it's so easy to prioritize the sport over anything else. And even I even look back at my life and I then become convicted of, wow, I never had a Sabbath ever in my whole life. And now I'm understanding the importance. And even as high schoolers, it's important that they Sabbath, but it's hard to do when you play a sport because it's every single day all the time. Um, so I think it's just a level of priority and where your coach, where your parents, where your friends, where everyone has their priorities laid at. I think that's kind of the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, as you mentioned, Sabbath, there, there's the infringement of sports and just the regular life has, has gotten into the Wednesday night and Sundays, <laughs> and it, it's been a challenge. It's a challenge for Christian parents that have kids that they want to get to church. Okay. Um, so what would your advice be to, to parents that, and it seems like it's, it's soccer, it's softball and baseball, I know there's probably okay. some other motocross. There's other other sports that compete and do things on Sunday, and it seems like there's a few others that are starting to. What would your advice be to Christian parents that are struggling with that? Um, what What are some things that they could be doing in terms of the spiritual life uh, of their athlete, their son or daughter? Um, I would honestly say find a Sabbath. I think looking back, I mean, I had practice. In high school, I'd practice Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday all day, Sunday all day, and then school Monday through Friday. There was, like, I just never had a break. Um, and I think if I had a break, it would have made a huge difference. And and I know it's hard when sports are tournaments are Saturday, Sunday, and, well, how do you Sabbath when you need to practice? And I think even finding a, okay, if your game is done at 2 p.m., you're going to Sabbath from 3 p.m. until the next day whenever you have sports. Or mm-hmm. it's just fun finding pockets of time to just rest and not talk about sports, um, not make it the center of everything. Um, and still like, and honestly just changing your priorities. Like if your priority is the Lord, your life should reflect that the Lord is your priority. Um, and I think that looks different for every family, but I really do think prioritizing rest is so, so, so important and rest. And I think like not just rest from sports. I think it's rest from school, rest from life, um, even sometimes it is rest from church. Uh, the Lord, I, I fully believe that you do put Jesus first. And sometimes if you just need to rest and be with the Lord, sometimes that's missing church so that you can stay home with the Lord. But that would be my advice. Yeah. Well, and I know that we've, you know, like you said, it's different for each family and, and some families may, may need to not participate actually on a Sunday and find something different or, or, or totally. find a different club or whatever it might be. And I know we've, we've had some, a few parents we've had this discussion with and we've encouraged them to, to maybe start doing their own devotional chapel time at the hotel, you know, when they're off at, you know, on, on, in travel and, and also invite other families of kids that are on that, their son or daughter's team to join them yeah. in a short chapel time. Um, you know, you see that in baseball, you see it in other sports where there's, they actually have a chaplain that does things on, on Sunday for a team, but they could, they could meet 15, 20 minutes earlier, you know, before the game or at breakfast, you know, the morning of and, or, or get to the diamond, get to the ballpark early, invite the other teams to be a part of a, 
you know, a short devotional time that could actually be a chapel time. So I think, I mean, there's, there's cool things that God in creative ways that God gives us to, um, you know, spread his word and to invite other people along. And, uh, did, did you see much chapel kind of things in the softball, in your softball world in Arizona as, as well as in college? Um, I saw none of it in Arizona, um, but in college, that's actually why I chose the University of Northern Colorado, is half the team loved Jesus, and they, on my visit there, they were like, you have to come to church with us, like, come do a Bible study with us, and I was like, this is amazing! Um, but when we would travel for softball, all the girls would get up early, they'd like, knock on doors, make sure we were all awake, we'd all go down to the pool, um, and we'd all be scattered around the pool in chairs with our Bibles, just having quiet time. Hmm. Um, and I think changed everything for me was knowing that wow, life softball, sports in college is insane. It is so wild. It's so busy. It's go go go. Um, but these girls showed me that it is so important to take time before all that happens to honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the that was my mindset change. Yeah, who organized that for your team when you guys were doing that? Um, it was the girls. It was a couple of junior seniors. Um, on the team, they kind of would organize it. And then as they left, we all just kept doing it. Hmm. Yeah. Perfect example of, of, of watching somebody else say yes and take a step, you know, in, in that direction towards what the Lord's calling them. And then it's so encouraging to others, right? You know, so that's so cool to see that continue on. Well, Hunter, uh, we just have a couple minutes here and I know that, um, you're in, a newer mom, right? With your first child. And, uh, what's the Lord been teaching you, uh, you know, from becoming a mom and, uh, in this culture and, uh, what's the Lord been teaching lately as a mom? Patience. (laughs) Um, I am a very type A. I love to be organized. I love to have things a certain way. And the Lord has shown me that I need to just release things and just let one, my son, be who he wants to be, um, and just help guide him in that. Um, but also, I think, like, as I was working, working and having um, a little boy, I just found myself, again, I would just get up and start working. I wouldn't have any time with the Lord. Um, and we actually switched kind of what we were doing. I would just put a show on for him or put Animal Planet on so he could kind of be distracted and have some time to himself. And I was like, why don't I just put, like, a worship video on? Um, so I started playing live worship videos, and he loves it. He would throw his hands up, he starts clapping, him and I get to worship together, and it has, like, totally changed my perspective on how we do things just as a family. Um, and so him and I have just, now we spend our mornings, I read him a little bit of the Word, and then we just worship and dance around, and it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm learning patience and just being able to keep my hands open and let the Lord do what He wants with our days, and it's so much more freeing than being the typical type A that I usually am. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's neat. I mean, I, I remember my daughters, you know, responding to the Lord at a very young age, you know, and uh, like you're saying as well, and through worship and through other things in prayer and um, and encouraging others to, to pray as well, you know, and mm-hmm. at a young age. And I think so often we think that, you know, maybe they, you know, young kids can't respond to the Lord. And uh, but it's so cool to hear you talk about that. It's so special. Yeah, so cool. 
Well, I think that's why you and I are, you know, on this journey of being staffed with FCA to see see the Holy Spirit work through junior high and high school leaders. And I know they're not as young as what we're, you know, we were just talking about your son and, and my daughters when they were that age, but it's so neat to see God use, um, you know, young people that that are willing to be used and, and, and want the Holy Spirit to use them to impact their culture and so Hunter, it's man, the time has gone by so fast and uh but <laughs> such a blessing to hear more about your life and so great to have you share with our folks uh that are listening today about your life and how what the Lord has done. So thank you so much for being on Heart of the Athlete today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. You